All right. Hey, welcome back. We're glad you could join us for Fraught with Thoughts with Cotton and Cliff. Hi, I'm Cotton. Thanks, Cotton. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cliff. Now, have you ever asked yourself questions like, why do we have pine trees indoors on Christmas? Why do we leave cookies out for Santa? Why do we give each other presents on Christmas? Well, whether or not you've asked yourself these questions, we are here to answer them for you. Who are we? We're Cotton and Cliff. Hey. Just a happily med, just a happily wed couple that's here to answer some of the burning questions that have been keeping you up at night. Quick shout out before we get started here to my brother uh, Rick or Steve or something. Uh, he's got a podcast with his wife where they discuss a variety of topics, including crossword puzzles and beads. Uh, and their podcast is called Social Buddies. Check them out. It's very good. Yes. Well, Cotton. Today, we are going to be talking about cookies. Actually, as we're talking about this, we've both got cookies and milk. How wonderful. Cheers. 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 And cheers with the mugs. Cheers with the hubby, and milk. Hubby and wifey mugs, right? And milk. Cookies and milk. Name a yeah. better combo. Yeah. Well, uh, well, to go back, uh, Batman and Robin. But, uh, okay, well, today, we are going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about cookies. And we left off with some fascinating facts about cookies yesterday that talk about the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. But today, we're going to go back to the beginning. 10,000 years ago. Not in an oven, but on hot rocks. The first people made their cookies with this water and wheat combination. Ooh, pretty good stuff. No sugar? Well, we won't get into that right now. Uh, You know, not a whole lot of exciting stuff about 10,000 years ago, so we're going to fast forward about 9,500 years and get right up to the Middle Ages. Pretty good age. Hmm. Europeans were celebrating the winter solstice, something that they'd done for, for centuries, hundreds, possibly thousands of years. Now, the winter solstice was uh, a time when they noticed the first frost would come. You know what they'd do with the first frost, Cotton? Why? They'd slaughter their animals. Mmm. Yeah. Tasty. Yeah. And they would prepare a bountiful feast. Now, this was also, by happenstance, when their fermented drinks, which they started to ferment in the Ooh. spring. They'd ferment all spring, That'd be summer, wine. and fall. That'd be and their wine and their beer would be ready to drink. So they've got this wonderful feast. They've got this, these slaughtered beasts, and they've got beer and wine. But Cotton, what are they missing? Dessert. Dessert. Now, do you know that dessert is spelled with two S's? Because Des- you want more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Thank you. All right. I had that in my notes. Thank you. Well, wouldn't you know it? Global trade around the Silk Road. Yeah, global trade, connecting connecting Europe with other parts of the world, like Asia, yeah. had brought new spices like nutmeg, cinnamon, and ginger. Ooh. Oh, yes. And they'd also been able to have new, uh, new fruits and nuts that they could use to bake in their products. Oh, how wonderful. They also were able to get sugar. Ooh. A variety of new products. And these products were tasty and good, but they were also expensive. And so because they were expensive, they usually only had this big celebration with these foods once a year. And that would line up with their winter solstice feast. Some would call it a feastable. Feast, yeah. That's exactly what they'd call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Europeans also found that the cookie... Okay, don't choke on me. Don't choke. Don't you die on me. Europeans also found that the cookie was a great thing to have for dessert because it was easy to share. 
with friends, neighbors, and what have you. Gingerbread cookies were first found in Germany. European kings like Henry VIII really liked ginger, ginger root, because they thought that it could protect them against the plague. Couldn't. But they, uh, they liked it. And I'll tell you what, Queen Elizabeth I, Queen Lizzie, uh, she wanted to have, uh, she ordered her servants to make, to make her ginger cookies in the shape of visiting dignitaries. Hence, the gingerbread man. So she invented them. Yeah. But yeah. she didn't make them herself. She didn't make them herself. Yeah. That wasn't her deal. If you ever watch the show Downton Abbey, you can figure out how it servants. works. Servants. Servants would do that. Like Mr. Carson. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Potts. That's not her name. Uh, that's a beauty in the piece. Yeah, well. Close enough. It's all the same. Now the first gingerbread house. Well, that appeared in the 16th century as well. Oh. And that's, uh, they, they believe that's in, uh, in, in correlation to the rise in popularity from the, uh, the popular stories uh, from the Brothers Grimm, Hansel and Gretel, which features a house made of candy. So people will try to recreate that using gingerbread. Hmm. Gumdrops. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Up the gumdrop buttons! Okay, moving along. Uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the first Christmas cookies came to America, came to North America, in the uh, in the 16th century, a lot happened. 16th century was big for Christmas cookies, yeah, and uh, a lot of cookie production. Do you know Do you know who brought the Christmas cookies to North America? I do know who. My namesake. Your namesake. My name. My people. Cotton. The Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. Now Cotton is. Uh, she's Dutch. I'm Dutch. Yeah. My mom's side's Dutch. Yeah. Very Dutch. Rulofs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> Another thing that we can talk about here, we've talked about the gingerbread cookie quite a bit. We can also talk about the sugar cookie. One of your favorites, right? Mm, love a good sugar cookie. Love a good sugar cookie. I oftentimes think of the sugar cookie as being associated with cookie cutters. Would you say the same? Yeah. Good. Now, do you know where the cookie, you know where the sugar cookie originated? No. It's in a biblical town. Bethlehem. Nazareth. Bethlehem. Oh, Nazareth. Nazareth. Wow. Yeah. Nazareth, Pennsylvania in the 17th century. Oh. Yeah. Are you talking about the Pennsylvania Dutch? Pennsylvania. Wow. Wow. Probably. That's fascinating. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of cookie cutters, American importation laws started to change in the 19th century. We're talking the 1800s. Yes. Yeah. And this allowed Americans to import more intricate cookie cutters from countries like Germany. Mm. Yeah, those Germans know how to make a cookie cutter. And the first cookie cutters... In American homes, were made from tin. Now, tin might break. Does that rust? It might rust. Mm -hmm. And for people, there was there was a job, there was a profession of someone who would go from town to town, wandering around, there to replace and fix your tin. You know what that person was called? I don't need it. The tin man. A tinkerer. Cute. Yeah, that's cute. That is cute. See, you're going to learn all kinds of wonderful facts. But for me, that's what you're going to learn today. Wow. Take it away. Well, don't we have a special guest? I thought it was you who was going to speak first. Oh, well, I can do that now. Okay. All right, this is Fun Facts with Cotton. <laughs> John took my first... Or Cliff, excuse mm -hmm. me. Cliff took my first fact about Queen Elizabeth, but mm. we'll just... Yeah. Brush over that. Heavily researched podcast. All right. Well, 
Uh, well, you talked about the first cookie. I have a fun fact about the first cookies. Yeah. To test oven temperature. Did you know that? The first cookie yeah. was made to test oven temperature, and they were about the size of a quarter. Wow. How sad. Hmm. Only a quarter. That's I like, do that when that I'm making pancakes. smaller than a spritz cookie. Mm -hmm. mm. But they were not made to eat. So. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the first thing. Okay. So, uh, National Cookie Day. Do you know when that is? I don't. Do you have a month guess? Yeah, December. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go. We missed We missed it. Oh. December 4th. We're about oh, four days shucks. short. So happy belated shucks. National Cookie Day. Yeah. Uh, did you, we talked about gingerbread men. Mm-hmm. So gingerbread men were in, illegal in some places during the Reformation. Wow. Martin Luther, not a big fan of Christmas. That has come up twice in our yeah. book. Yeah, this is the second time. Hmm. Not a big Christmas fan. Already. So in response to the Martin Luther anti-saint position, the city of Delft in the Netherlands oh, forbade Delft. the sale of gingerbread men. Hmm. And the city of Amsterdam banned all molded cookies. Hmm. Like cutouts. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I can't, believe, I can't believe they did that. They let you down. Maybe that's why they came to America. That could be. They mm. wanted cookie freedom. Yeah. Uh, so, I have one note. So, we talked about, uh, you know, how in the, why we leave out cookies during the mm -hmm. Great Depression, that started mm -hmm. in the Great Depres Depression, mm -hmm. cookies for Santa. Uh, it's because uh, parents encourage children to, uh, to do this, to teach them, to share to, to learn how to share and be charitable during the Depression. Santa's waistline has never been the same. He's wow. probably gotten larger since then. Speaking of Santa eating cookies, Santa Claus eats over 3 million cookies on Christmas Eve. Now, I have some math for this. He visits about 500 million homes. And encounters about one billion cookies. So if he takes two bites out of each cookie that he is given, it means it's a total of 300 million, 336 million, 150,386 cookies. Wow. I don't think I could even do 300 million. I couldn't do extra, yeah. Couldn't even do 10. Let's see. So, so do you know why we hang uh, gingerbread men in our tree? I would say it's a, is there a dark history? <clears throat> no. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Americans used to hang Barnum's animal cracker boxes oh, yeah. on the tree in the 1800s. Oh, I came across that in my research. The boxes were designed specifically for this purpose. Barnum loved Christmas. And so that's why yeah. people hang... Oh. Cookies. Way to go, PT. All right. And then uh, I have an. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, that's, Should that's we go it. to Poppy's that's Corner it. next? That's it. That's All right. It. Well, that's hey, it for facts with Cotton. Cotton, Cotton you've just you've, you've shared wonderful, illuminating facts. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got a new segment today that we're quite <laughs> excited about, and that is uh, we've got a guest, and uh, he's here to tell us about some stories. He was so so enamored with our with our history of trees yesterday that uh, we are honored. To we're have honored. We're honored guest. to have uh, to have the guest here. Uh, the host of Poppy's Corner, Poppy. Take it away, Poppy. Well, <clears throat> you, you didn't add in the highly acclaimed Poppy's Corner. Well, was it Professor Emeritus or uh, I was going to say what a theologian, a professor of uh, of uh, DD, MD, DDS, PhD, all around well, wisdom. I prefer to be known as a man who knows all, but tells only some. Yeah. Oh, that's good. We'll write that into your bio. Yeah, yeah. We'll edit all this out here. This is all going to be. And I thought I would tell you a little story about Christmas trees because I listened to yesterday's podcast about Christmas trees, and uh, I was thinking back to a time. Uh, when I was small, and we got a flocked Christmas tree. Now, first of all, I think I'm going to have to explain that. I think so. Well, I'm going to spell it. It's F-L-O-C-K-E-D, flocked. All right. And uh, this was a real trend many, 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 many years ago. And uh, I'm talking about in the early 1960s, when I was just a wee lad. Many homes, and there were a couple weird things going on with Christmas trees in those days. The worst was the aluminum Christmas oh, tree. Yeah. That. that That was essentially looked like it was made out of tinfoil. <laughs> and uh, that, was a, that was a tree that made its way into uh, many American homes for a couple of years. And then the other thing that was very popular were what we call flocked Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Now, what these were were Christmas trees that were sprayed with a white, cotton-like flock substance mm. that would then stick to the tree. And from afar, meaning you know, a couple of feet back, it looked like a a tree full of snow. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. And, and everybody had a flock tree, and we begged our parents to get a flock tree, and they were absolutely opposed to it, uh, <clears throat> primarily because of the cost. Ah. A, a flock tree cost 15 bucks. Oh, boy. And I think the going rate for a tree in those days might have been three or four dollars. Oh. So you're looking at five bucks for a flock, or fifteen bucks for a flock tree. But here's what won them over. The thought theory was is is that once you bought a flock tree, you could keep it and store it in your garage and then haul it <laughs> out next year. Yeah. This would be a real tree? The the flock, the flock would protect the branches. That was the theory. So on that basis, we finally sold that 
to our parents. And then the other thing that sold the old man is you couldn't water these trees. Oh, is this a fake they, tree or is it a real no, tree? No, it's a real tree. Huh. It was a real tree, uh, but they came with a wooden stand and there was no opportunity to water them because they were so laden down with chemicals and this flock material that the, they didn't take any water. Which, by the way, uh, caused a great problem with the dogs that lived in our house. Oh, boy. Because uh, we tended to uh, forget to give them water. Oh, uh, oh boy. So uh, we lived on a lake growing up, and so they had access to that lake, uh, you know, eight months a year for their water. And then once that froze, they were, well, then they had an option with uh, going down and uh, drinking right out of the Christmas tree. Uh, So we realized uh, once this tree was up that they were missing a source of water during the holidays. And uh, we'd hear them lapping in the, uh, they'd go into the bathroom and you'd hear them lapping up that toilet water. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think we ever had a water dish for our hounds, but oh. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so uh, we had this tree, and the other thing is you weren't supposed to, if you really wanted to be fashionable, you weren't supposed to put lights on the tree. Oh. You decorated the tree, and then at the bottom of the tree on the floor... <laughs> You'd set up three colored lights, a green light, a red light, and a blue light. And that would shine up into the tree. And that was supposed to be your, uh, your light decoration. Huh. So that was, uh, that was the deal. So we did that one year. And uh, I remember then after Christmas, we went out to the garage, and the idea was you were supposed to hang the tree upside down mm. in the rafters of the garage, which we did, uh, which maybe in a certain garage would have worked, but in our garage, uh, the only place to hang it interfered greatly with the parking of the automobile. So all winter spring, summer, and fall, when you'd put the car in the garage, it would hit the tree. (laughs) Just a tree hanging upside down. Hanging upside down, causing the flock of the tree to sprinkle upon the car. And, of course, every time that happened, you also lost some branches because now imagine a tree in a garage in the summer and oh uh, she got a little dried out. <laughs> it uh, might have been a little bit of a fire hazard having, having a oh, chemical drenched dry tree. <laughs> so finally it came time to put up the tree the next year and again the old man thought he had the deal licked. He thought all he'd have to do is go up to the garage and cut this thing down and bring it in but by the time we were ready to put that tree up, I don't think there was any flock left on it. <laughs> and there were, there 
were certainly no branches left on it. So uh, we just threw it out, went back to the routine of getting a real tree, uh, usually up at the uh, the local church sold trees for, again, three to five bucks. Yeah. And the other thing is we never put our tree up early like you do nowadays. You it put yours up Christmas Eve, somebody right? Somebody would put a tree up before the 15th of December. Mm. Huh. Put your tree up, you know, a week right before. before Christmas. Yeah. Wow. And uh, take her down New Year's Day. So she she was up for about 10 days. Yeah. 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 Well, she's getting a lot more work nowadays. Yeah. Oh. So well, they, uh, they got a longer season now. But uh, yeah. I think our dogs were happy that we went back to a regular tree. That's a good source of water for them. Yeah, because they had that water source. Yeah. And, uh, but that's a memory that I thought I would share with you about our tree. Uh, and if you ever uh, hear of anyone who had a flocked tree, they yeah. probably have a similar experience. Well, a great, a great 60s experience uh, and experiment. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time there uh, for Poppy. Poppy's Corner. It's Poppy, uh, Poppy's Corner. I have my own podcast, yeah. highly acclaimed. And uh, uh, maybe uh, I will come on and visit with you uh, you folks again sometime. Well, that'd be real nice. We'll give you a call, Poppy. All right. I've always got something to say. Uh, <laughs> it's just whether I choose to say something or not. Yes, he has much to say, but he... He knows all, but he only tells some. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time, Poppy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you to Poppy. Illuminating, yes. Well, if we have any other callers with other great stories, call on into the podcast. We won't give you our number. We tried to get my sister to be a guest, but she didn't answer her phone, so we'll try again. Lost opportunity. Uh, So... Next time. Yeah. Ever wonder about them reindeer? We know about Rudolph, but ever wonder about the other reindeer? Constantly. Constantly, yeah. And what and what about that sleigh? Yeah. Well, that's for another time. That's for another time. You'll have to check back in. Well, thanks for ju- thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>